Hello, all souls. This is a very important week in our life together. Lent begins Wednesday. I hope you had a chance to listen to a special podcast that we texted you this week, preparing you for this very important spiritual season. Uh, if you feel safe, uh, love to see you at one of the Linton Ash Wednesday services in Matt's yard, 8, 12, and 6. We're also kicking off a month-long fundraising campaign for our building renovation today. You'll be hearing a lot more about that in uh, the coming week. Uh, but just a couple of highlights now. On the last night of his life, Jesus told the disciples, Abide in me and I in you. I am the vine, you are the branches, go and bear much fruit. God, as you probably know, has provided miraculously a spiritual home for us from which we can abide and go. And now we'll be able to offer the, the core spiritual practices of our faith, Bible study, fellowship, prayer, uh, Eucharist, worship throughout the week. Abiding in him, we'll be able to go into the community and bear much fruit. You also probably know that the, the gift is a, a, this wonderful building that is a former call center and office complex. And to renovate that, to go through changing occupancy codes and meet all the space needs of the church uh, is going to cost roughly about $800,000. That's an estimate. It's time now for us to build on the remarkable generosity of our $2.5 million lead gift and join in spiritually, emotionally, and financially on this journey. We know you uh, have been hearing about this for a while, and, and no doubt you, you have some questions, some hopes and dreams. Here are some of the ways that we'll be communicating in the coming month. Uh, we will be beginning a new page on the, the website. I think it goes up tomorrow that shows the design of the building, answers questions, and shows how to give. You'll also receive a brochure in the mail this week that will describe just how this fits into our mission and why it's a, it's a worthy investment. And, and you'll also have an opportunity to walk through the building next weekend, um, both Saturday and Sunday. Be looking uh, for your emails for information on how to register for that. And finally, someone from All Souls will be calling you personally to listen to your questions and dreams, to tell you about the project and invite you to join in. I invite you to join in spiritually as we go into Lent to make part of Lent praying about how you might participate with giving. One of the things I'm really praying for is that we would grow uh, in God as we give. Also want you to join in emotionally. Imagine how God might use the space to bless the city. And then, of course, to invite in financially. And you'll receive a brochure and a pledge card that will explain how. When Peter and Andrew in John's gospel began to awaken to their need from God, they, for God, they went to the Lord and uh, began to kind of inquire about who he was, what he meant. And Jesus said, come and see. It's in John 1. And they spent a day with him. And then, of course, became his disciples and changed the world. And I hope that uh, our new home will be a place where our neighbors and our own family can come and see Jesus and go into the world. Abide in Jesus, go into the world and bear much fruit.
Well, today is also the last Sunday uh, before Lent, and so we'll end our series in the book of Acts. We're halfway through. We'll pick it up again after Lent and talk about Abide and Go. Uh, the book of Acts is really a story about how the early Christians abided in Jesus and went out on, on mission. It's also a manual uh, on planting churches. Uh, it's, it's how the big C church got started and then a story of how many little C churches got started. I think one of the reasons I've enjoyed it, and it, it's had a unique relevance, is it feels like at this time, with COVID causing us to hit pause, moving into the new building, it, it feels to me in some ways like we're planning a church again this summer. And it's a wonderful time to kind of reset and, and, and dive back in. It's a great time to build relationships. And uh, I'm really looking forward to, to the fall. Uh, so I think Acts is very relevant as we, in a way, are planning a church again. COVID uh, has given us some gifts. It's been hard. But one of the gifts for me sounds kind of simple, but it's, um, it's, a, it, it's led me to to follow many of you on Instagram. And I never used that uh, before COVID, but now I have the opportunity to follow many of your uh, stories throughout the week. And I, the more I've been on that, and the more I've enjoyed the stories, the more I've realized that the book of Acts is, is like an Instagram account. It's a series of stories, uh, little vignettes, little verbal pictures that tell us what life was like in the early church. Now, we've seen a number of those stories as we've worked our way through the first half of Acts. Uh, Jesus commissioned the disciples, pours out the Spirit on the church. We watch the early believers form communities devoted to teaching, fellowship, prayer, breaking of bread. We saw that the first Jewish believers were reluctant to leave Jerusalem and share with non-Jews, which are called Gentiles. So persecution comes, they scatter, and they begin to cross that racial ethnic boundary and start to share the gospel with non-Jews. Philip preaches in Samaria, an Ethiopian eunuch becomes a Christian. Saul meets Christ on the Damascus Road, begins to share the gospel. God sends Peter to witness to a Gentile named Cornelius. Uh, then a church is planted in Antioch, up in Syria. That becomes the home base for all the rest of the missions that will go out uh, in the first century. Saul, Barnabas, and John Mark are sent out. They go into southern Turkey, into a region that was then called Galatia. Uh, Paul's letter to the churches in Galatia was written 10 years later to the churches planted on the first missionary journey. Uh, John Mark drops out. The two remaining apostles um, continue to, to plant churches. And now we're at the tail end of the first missionary journey. They've been on the road almost two years. And what they're going to do now in the chapter 14 is they're going to circle back around and visit on the way home, the churches that they planted, and then wind up back in Antioch. And I, I kind of imagine this last part of, of, of this journey as like three Instagram pictures. Uh, the first one is just the apostles being worshipped as Zeus and Hermes. If you imagine that somebody might have had an iPhone document, or rather an iPhone, and was documenting the first journey, this would have been an unsettling almost violent picture in some ways, in, in that what's happened is that the apostles have healed a crippled man, 
Word is spread across the Roman colony, and many of them were Greeks, and part of their belief was, at least the ancient myth said, that sometimes the gods came down from the mountains and actually incarnated as human beings, usually to do mischief. And so they had kind of these categories, and they immediately think, aha, these are gods. Zeus and Hermes have come down to be with us. There was a big temple dedicated to Zeus. And so uh, the picture that I imagine is... uh, this crowd pressing in, some bowing, some offering sacrifice, some raising hands in praise because they think Zeus and Hermes are right before them. And Paul and Barnabas saying, no, in horror. No, no, no. We are not God. We are pointing you to the true God, the God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in it. Well, the beauty of an Instagram picture is you, you kind of get to think and feel whatever you want to after you've uh, seen it. Uh, there's not a lot of explanation. And I think these stories are like that. They don't come with a therefore do this. So you might, uh, as you go through this, think for a moment, what what do you feel when you see that Instagram pic? Um, what do you think about? I practiced that today. My first thought is of the Super Bowl. To me, the Super Bowl always has a feeling of secular worship about it. It highlights our culture's love to worship people, to make them heroes. And and so we worship an ageless Tom Brady winning his seventh championship, or Bruce Springsteen on a Jeep, or uh, a guy named The Weeknd in in, in some kind of mirror hall, or a a creepy hologram of uh, Vince Lombardi saying wise things. It just felt very much like a worship service to me. We love to make people gods. I think of our politics, how left or right, we attribute godlike status to our leaders and demand that they do things for us. I think of the rise and fall of so many religious leaders and how easy the cult of celebrity infects the church. I think of someone named Kylie Jenner who has 20 million Instagram posts, and uh, I wonder why are so many people interested in her? And I think of my own story and the times in my life when I treated someone like a god when I needed them to be a God for me and how hurt and disillusioned I was when they turned out not to be Zeus? Maybe you could ask, is there anybody that you worship? Have you given any human being the power to redeem or destroy you? Does anybody's opinion mean too much to you? Anybody's approval necessary for you to live? Instagram picture number two, Paul and the elders at Derby. Uh, this one, I imagine Paul and, and leaders of, of the church are all crammed in around a table, and there's uh, maybe some bread and chicken and wine, and uh, you, can, you just can tell they've been there all night, and there's a candle flickering, and just this warmth in this community. Well, here's the backstory of how they get to this place. People don't like it when their gods prove to be mere mortals, and so we're not surprised that Paul is soon stoned and uh, leaves the city. Apostles walk for two days, and they wind up in a remote village named Derby. We read, When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, 
strengthening the souls of the disciples and encouraging them to continue in the faith, saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. So they're on their way back home, well, at least back to Antioch, and they're visiting the churches that they had planted earlier. And they want to make sure that those churches have good leadership. And, and you just get the sense that they care about the people. By the way, there are a lot of roads in that part of the world. They could have gone home quicker or another way. But they prioritize connecting with the communities that they had planted. So when I think of that Instagram picture, you know, the first thing that comes up for me is I feel some sadness. Um, I have not been around many tables with you uh, for a year. Uh, I think COVID has disconnected us, and I miss you. I'm also reminded of the power of community that just drew the apostles back in like a magnet of brothers and sisters, of long nights at the table, of good fellowship and good conversations, of not going it alone, of how much we need each other. And I feel some longing. I can't wait to be together again on Easter morning. And I, I long for Easter songs and Easter breezes and the splash of holy water and babies' heads and warm spring afternoons worshiping in Matt's backyard and the day we gather in our new home. And I just feel grateful for our own leaders here at All Souls. I think of uh, our shepherding team that spent Monday night on a Zoom meeting to talk about this coming fundraising project and spent Tuesday night on a Zoom meeting to talk about the future of our church. And for 17 years, how many have faithfully sacrificed and led. I think of our small group leaders that have been so faithful to follow up on and shepherd their people during this time. Instagram picture number three, Paul and Barnabas, Tell the church at Antioch what God has done. So the intrepid missionaries visit a few more young churches and they sail south or southeast back to Antioch where the journey first began. We read they, where they've been commended to the grace of God for the work which they had fulfilled. And what you have here just kind of tucked away is maybe the first missions conference where missionaries have been sent out come back in to report on what has happened. Remember, this is especially unique because this is the first time in a systemic way uh, the Gentiles have been um, reached with the gospel. And Acts 15 is going to show that they were still trying to figure out what that meant theologically and liturgically. Uh, so, so just imagine these two apostles now. And they would have been in a, some kind of a house church um, they've actually found ar architectural or uh, archaeological digs that show house churches in that area. And usually they've been a very large home that might have been uh, expanded a bit, but still it wouldn't have held more than 40 people. You can imagine just all these people crammed in the room and, uh, and the apostles saying, and this happened at Derby, and then we were stoned, and then we shared the gospel here, and we healed this man. And you can imagine the energy and the excitement. And and in Instagram pictures, often there's a little comment at the bottom. And there's a comment that Luke's ma Luke makes here that I thought was significant. The last verse, he says um, uh, that they remained no little time with the disciples. 
So they, they didn't, even though these guys are high energy and filled with the spirit and miracle workers, they didn't kind of rush in, dump their stuff, and then rush off. They, they've been gone two years, have been very challenging, and they stay no little time. And what I read in that is they were tired. Um, they rested. They, they took a Sabbath, and, and we'll see that they go out again, but uh, after remaining and resting. This picture makes me think of the importance of Sabbath, uh, the importance of rest, the importance of balancing seasons of, of work and seasons of play. We've been responding to COVID now for about a year. We have ways to go. I'm not sure we really know yet the toll that it's taken on us emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Uh, I'm not sure we really know how tired we are. Work has continued for many, those of us who've been blessed to, to have work. But uh, I heard of a study this weekend that, that found that people actually working from home work more hours than they did when they um, went into the office. Uh, it will be tempting when we get through to just rush into the next thing because there'll be lots of new challenges. But we would be wise to pause and to Sabbath and to rest and to reflect on uh, the past journey. So one of the things I'll ask you, and you know, this would be something good to think about in Lent. And I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like where we are turning, um, like we are moving out of this. And Lent for me feels like a marker of a new season as we turn towards um, a really hopeful future. But Lent is also a time to slow down and take stock. And uh, th this whole mess came last Lent. So we've, we've had a year of going through this. And so you, you might spend a little time during Lent journaling and reflecting and praying, talking with a friend. What has the year been like for you? What's your interior life like? What are your relationships like? How's your hope? How's your physical body? How's your mental health? What do you need right now? Maybe we can be more thoughtful and reflective about where we are so that we can be prepared uh, for where we're going to go. Let's pray. Father, it's so good to, to be together even through um, this medium Lord, we ask that you would meet us in a special way as we begin Lent. You have year after year. Thank you for this season, this, you know, this 40-day retreat in the middle of winter that leads to Easter. Lord, we, we ask that you would meet us as we reflect about our own generosity and our own giving, that there'd be a deep spiritual work that would go on in our hearts during Lent. We ask this in your name. Amen.